Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, this is pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You are Locked On Nets, your daily podcast on the Brooklyn Nets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. Keep the trump blasting, toe tagging, I'm riding past them. Before you let them ride with the team, you got to ask them. Who got snaps on the Petro? Keep it real, keep it real, don't front, yo. Happy Wednesday and welcome to the Locked On Nets podcast, your daily dose of Brooklyn Nets news, analysis, and interviews. My name is David Verbsberger. I am your host. Thank you for tuning in. Today we have a great episode. We're going to be talking to Coach Piper, otherwise known as Half Court Hoops on YouTube and Twitter. Uh, he's an he's an O savant. He really knows his stuff. He's going to help talk us through uh, what Kenny Atkinson might be running with this Nets team. As part of Kenny Atkinson Week here at the Locked On Nets podcast, uh, we spoke to Brad Rowland. We spoke to some of the Nets players about their new coach. You can find those in previous episodes. And it's going on all week, so be sure to come back. But before we get into today's interview, uh, let's handle some quick business. If you're enjoying the podcast, please consider sharing it with your friends. We are now on iTunes, so... You can subscribe. You can leave a five-star review if you're enjoying it that much. I really hope you are. Uh, Consider spreading it around. More listeners means we can make the show bigger and better, and that's great for both of us. Uh, If you want to sponsor the Locked On Nets podcast, you can email us, lockedonnets at gmail.com. Our rates are affordable, and we reach a great deal of Nets fans that uh, you might want to reach as well. So consider that. And finally, uh, if you want to submit a fan question, you could tweet us at LockedOnNets, or the email was LockedOnNets at gmail.com. We're happy to answer them on the show. In the future, we could do an entire episode devoted to mailbag questions, so consider sending in uh, any question you might have. Now, let's get to our interview with Coach Piper. You are Locked On Nets, your daily Brooklyn Nets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Joining me now on the Locked On Nets podcast... Gibson coach Gibson Piper, uh, aka Mr. Half Court Hoops himself, NBA X's knows whiz, really knows his stuff. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate that. So we'll get started. Uh, let, let's go into. I want to sort of before we go into Atkinson, sort of touch on the Nets past regime. Uh, the the coach fans are probably most familiar with recently Coach Hollins, coach the last three years until he was fired recently. What can you tell us about what he ran on both ends of the court and maybe if there were any weaknesses that, that went beyond the roster just schematically with what he did? Yeah, I mean, it was uh, it's tough if you're a coach and you don't have the talent always. So with some of the talent depletion coming, um, it's going to struggle no matter what you run. But he kept it pretty basic on offense uh, and on defense. You'd see a lot of ball screen stuff, um, a lot of what would we would consider non-modern NBA stuff. So um, a lot of the UCLA cuts, um, a lot of kind of playing off the elbows, some of the corner series stuff where some of that stuff is applicable in today's NBA. But it's really, you know, 
10, 15 years ago was when that stuff really worked. But now that we have so much scouting and everybody knows what they're going to run, a lot of ball screen stuff and uh, a lot of stuff, you know, through Brooke Lopez in the post. And then on defense, you know, it wasn't really complex. It wasn't really aggressive defense. And again, you know, if you don't have the talent, it's kind of hard to, you know, really implement a great style or put pressure on somebody if you don't have the players to do that. Mm-hmm. And it also, this whole thing was backed up with the pretty. Uh, year after year, yeah. so it, it wasn't a really fun team to watch, huh? Yeah, exactly. Because I mean, it, if when I'm coaching, you know, if I if I know I don't have you know the players to keep up with, you know, the Warriors and the Cavs, I'm gonna try, try to do something different to um, whether that is slowing the pace down, speeding it up, you know, whatever you're gonna you're gonna try to play into what you think your strengths are. And yeah, they were a slow team and they, you know, they kind of trotted up and down the court, used a lot of the shot clock at times in the offense, partially because that was, you know, kind of the style implemented with kind of slowing it down, mucking it up, making it really an ugly game to try to win, um, combined with not necessarily having the talent. So if a play breaks down, you know, you're going to get down to 10, 8, 6 on the shot clock regardless because you just don't have, you know, the players to go and make those plays. Mm hmm. So let's go into what we might see from Atkinson. And I think the easiest place to start is usually when you get an assistant coach from a past team, you sort of look at what that team ran. And so break down the Hawks for us recently with Atkinson under the Budenholzer bench. Uh, what, what did they do on both ends? Yeah, they were, I mean, the Hawks are a fun team to watch. Um, Budenholzer, you know, they came from the Spurs organization who are also a fun team to watch where, they really emphasize ball movement, player movement, kind of free-flowing, uh, lots of reads. So when the offense gets initiated, um, I don't know the exact you know breakdown of how they do it, but what it looks like is you can either come down and you can pass to the wing, point guard cuts through, or you can reverse it to the big who is trailing down the court. Um, in the early offense, they'll look to get an early post up. So if you see uh, you know this year, Brooke Lopez may run the floor, or you know other bigs may run the floor and try to get an early quick post up uh, for a quick score. If that's not there, then they kind of have three or four different options out of each look. So if the uh, pass goes to the wing, the point guard generally cuts through, and then the ball gets reversed, and they can go into their uh, their elbow series where both bigs end up at the elbow, similar to horns. Um, and you have bigs of the elbows, guards in the corner, and then you can kind of play out of that with dribble handoff, uh, ball screens, high-low, post-up action, um, and it's a, a lot of it can be based on reads, so if they take one option away, you just go right to the next option, so that way you, you kind of get down to the, by the time you're at the fourth option, you're still in the free-flowing offense. Um, so what, what you're going to see is if the pass goes to the big guy who's trailing down the court, you're going to go right into a dribble handoff or like a, a, a down screen for the guard on the opposite side. Um, so you may see a player like you know Bogdanovich really coming off those screens, kind of like how Corver came off, getting some quick shots and quick looks. And then if that's not there, the way it's set up, it flows right into that elbow action again. So everything kind of um, almost reverts into horns, which is automatically good spacing and being able to have multiple options off of that. That's the offensive side. And I did a whole playbook on Mike Budenholzer. If you know, they want to check it on my YouTube page to get familiar with it. And then on the defensive side, you're going to see uh, a pretty typical NBA defense. But what I really like is Budenholzer came from the Spurs. The Spurs and the Hawks were – I think both top five in defensive efficiency last year. And it's because they just always are in the right positions. 
So when you play NBA defense, you know, sometimes a guy's just going to hit a shot because they're the best players in the world. And then, but what you can do is you can kind of make that shot as hard as possible. So you'll see um, they drop the bigs on every pick and roll, which pick and roll defense is the best, you know, biggest thing on defense right now. If you can guard the pick and roll, you can pretty much stop a lot of teams. So you see it's going to fit right into Brooke Lopez's hands where he can drop off and then they'll have the guard trail behind and try to contest or get around the screen. Um, which is pretty common in today's NBA, but being able to kind of force that mid-range shot and run guys off the three-point line uh, is also big in the in the Spurs and Hawks philosophy. You know, it, it seems like if the Nets bring over a lot of these things, if Kenny Atkinson brings it over, rather, it, it, it would fit pretty well. Like, I love the idea of quick post-ups for Brook Lopez. He, he usually gets these uh, worn-out sets that just get him the ball in, like, okay position, and he'll work from there, and it's so easy to double. But like a quick post-up opportunity like that, it sounds much more organic. It sounds like he could really score a lot from there. And also, with all these reads you're talking about, it, I think this roster is pretty smart generally. A lot of smart players, and I think them having to to really um, use their minds and sort of read the situation out there, I think that could be really good for them. So what can you tell us about what, what do you think Kenny A will actually do uh, take from the Hawks uh, do you have any idea what he might change maybe um no I mean it's so I, I was trying to watch some summer league um film to prep for this and the biggest mistake I made a couple of years ago while going over film was anticipating and thinking that what coaches run in the summer league is what they do in the regular <laughs> season <laughs> yeah so I watched like you know when Blatt and Kerr both took over at the same time for the Cavs and the Warriors I did some previews on my YouTube page, and I was like, oh, sweet. You know, I'll be able to give guys, you know, a glimpse of, of you know, what they're going to run or what they're going to do, and it's nothing like what they actually do. <laughs> so so I kind of got burned on that. Um, but I think, you know, coming from the, the Spurs and the Hawks mold, you're going to see um, the typical motion strong, motion weak, um, which is uh, a, the ball gets reversed on the top of the key. And then it's two players setting a staggered down screen for the guard opposite. The big's going to follow the ball, and they look to either post up the big with you know the the weak side empty, or they're going to look for the guard coming off that stagger screen, and then that flows right into horns, or that point guard through option we were talking about, which is the weak where he just cuts to the weak side, and then they can run you know the corner option and things like that. When I was watching the summer league film. And I'm hesitant to say this, but I, I did see a lot of, of the basic principles of what the Hawks and Spurs run, which makes sense because that's where he, you know, he's coming from. I think what you'll see though is like Budenholzer really changed his after timeout stuff to his personnel, and that's what I think you're going to get a lot of um, kind of creativity with Atkinson is being able to kind of use the personnel a little differently and kind of create quick hitters that flow into the offense. So whether that's a, a lob set for Booker or a quick post up for Brooke Lopez or like a high low opportunity for Brooke Lopez, um, try to, you know, maybe Jeremy Lin coming off a quick pick and roll um, or a handoff or, you know, just little subtleties in the offense that they can use. And I'm actually really excited to see what, you know, Atkinson does because, you know, guys who come from the Hawks or Spurs are always smart. You know, they always produce really smart coaches and being able to utilize the personnel is really what I'm excited to see, and I hope that they maintain some of the uh, the Spurs and Hawks philosophy because it's it's great basketball. I'm actually glad you brought up uh, utilizing the personnel. I was going to ask you, you know, you mentioned how how Lionel Holland sort of sort of ran basic stuff on both ends, but you know, what, what creative ways could you see uh, Atkinson utilizing his guys? If you look at Lynn and Lopez, and maybe some of those 
uh, young athletic wings. Do, do you see any fun little things maybe Atkinson can come up with? Yeah, I think um, I think what what they'll do is is probably look to get the guys who can't shoot well. Um, so like maybe Ronda Hellas Jefferson or you know maybe even Booker at the four, where you get them kind of get them moving first and then have them attack. So one of the hardest things to guard in in basketball is um, where you look to set a pick and roll and then you pass to the wing or pass to the top of the key to the the slasher. So like a guy like Jamal Crawford and he just takes it and goes. Because you're you're in help defense on the pick and roll, and you're not necessarily thinking my guy's going to attack, but it's just a quick catch and go. So like Hollis Jefferson, maybe Kilpatrick if he you know comes off the bench or if he um, stays, he's able to you know do a quick rip and attack the basket. But also utilizing like Bogdanovich as a shooter to get a quick post up. So you see like Brook Lopez maybe sets a down screen, but that's really just a decoy to get his man man on the high side and go right into a post up. Little stuff like that can be uh, advantageous. But I mean, you never know because some coaches, you know, especially with with like a group of of new guys where you're trying to really get them to learn the intricacies of the offense and it's kind of complex. You keep it simple at first um, and then you run some subtle after timeout sets. At, but most of the time, new coaches try to keep it simple for the first maybe month or two, see what they got and, you know, with the roster and, and some new guys coming in or the backups. And then you start seeing some uh, complex, fun stuff coming out. But, you know, I, I don't know. Maybe we'll see some some lob sets for, for Booker or maybe some backdoor sets for Hollis Jefferson or, or something creative like that. But I assume we're going to see the basic motion offense that the Hawks run. And then you'll see a lot more like pick and roll stuff with Lynn and Lopez. All right, and final question. Uh, I, I just feel the need to ask this, and you know, you being the X's and O expert, I'm curious where you look at it. How good do you think Atkinson can be as a head coach in this league? You can give him maybe a ranking uh, at his peak. That's a great question, you know, because you just you don't really always know what you're going to get, and the definitely the, not. It, the issue where with me when I rank a lot of coaches is like I know great X's and O guys that coach really bad teams. So, you know, you may you may know your stuff and you may be fantastic at, you know, being able to drop a set. But if you don't have guys who's going to make the shot, it's not going to look great no matter what you do. Um, I think he could be a top 10 coach in the league just because of what I've read up on him and his player development stuff. You know, that that stuff's really important. If you can take a guy who isn't very good or just kind of on the cusp of being good in the NBA and make him better that's that's huge for coaches anywhere you know not just nba but like if you can you know college guys high school guys if you can take players and make them better than they are um whether that's you know they have to have their own personal work ethic with that but if you can give them the tools to to succeed through that you can be a great coach at any level so if he can be able to you know kind of take guys who are on the cusp of being you know a a rotation player and make them rotation players you know the Hawks are are great at that with Demar Carroll, Kent Bazemore. So if he can you know implement that and that his skill development stuff with with this team with some some younger draft picks hopefully in the next you know year or so or, or I guess not next year but maybe the next few years being able to ma- manage that and take guys to another level is great. And then on top of that, he comes from, you know, the Hawk system with Budenholzer, a great coach, and, and developing his skills under a great coach makes it easier to be a better coach. So hopefully, and I, I think he could get to a top 10 level um, pretty easily just because if, if, you know, the pass is any indication, 
he's going to succeed. But you got to have players to make it look like you're a very good coach, if that makes sense. Yeah, of course. And I actually said the same thing. I, I think he can uh, potentially be a top 10 coach in this league. Coach Piper thank, and Mr. Halfcourt Hoops, thank you very much uh, for joining us on the Locked On Nets podcast. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Where can people find you on Twitter and where do you do your uh, your NBA stuff? Yeah, Twitter is uh, at Half Court Hoops. Um, YouTube is Half Court Hoops. And then I have my own website called thebasketballplaybook.com uh, where I upload random sets and, and breakdowns and things like that. I do most of my work um, on Twitter, though, at Half Court Hoops. I tweet a lot and put a lot of film on there as well. So, Well, we all really enjoyed. You guys need to follow him on Twitter. Check out his YouTube Coach Piper, thanks again. Thank you very much. And that wraps it up for today's Locked On Nets podcast. Thank you very much for listening. If you enjoyed it, uh, five stars on iTunes would be much appreciated. And subscribe so you could keep track of every episode in the future, Monday to Friday, every day. Be sure to stay connected. Thank you very much again. We'll see you next time. Let me see them hands high. Don't fake the funk, keep it real.